When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. That is David Neal. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick reminder before we start, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Hero YouTube page. Like, share, comment, all that good stuff. And remember to subscribe to the Miami Hero um, to get your latest news on South Florida news and whatnot. We are back from the bye week. <laughs> we are back from the bye week. Dolphins had the week off as they uh kind of lick their wounds, rest, recuperate, self-evaluate, and get ready for the stretch run. Uh, they entered the bye week atop the AFC East, leading their division, and they returned from the bye week, leading their division. Uh, it was kind of an interesting slate uh, with the Dolphins off. You know, got to kind of sit back, watch some of the some of the various teams on the NFL. Really, uh, the the AFC teams and some of the AFC East teams. Obviously, you have the Patriots and the Jets, um, who who played. Oof, yeah, that was a that was a that was an eyesore. Don't, don't do it, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, the, the Patriots. The Patriots uh, pulled off that oh. that late, that last second uh, victory with that punt return, 10-3 victory. Um, in Foxborough, and then you had the Bills, who, I mean, I didn't even know if they were going to play that game, uh, you know, with the snowstorm in Orchard Park or in Buffalo, but um, they were able to move the game to Detroit. They got there. They played the Browns, where they came away with a victory as well. Um, but because the Patriots beat the Jets um, and the Dolphins have the head-to-head tiebreaker with the Buffalo Bills, um, they still have the top spot in the AFC East right now. Obviously, there's a really big matchup in Buffalo coming up in a couple of weeks, and for all we know, that could very well decide the division. But I want to kind of take a step back. Obviously, we don't have a ton of Dolphin-centric stuff to talk about uh, ahead of their game against the Texans. But I kind of want to look at the landscape of the AFC where uh, the Dolphins, like I said, they're atop the AFC AFC East. They're number two in the division. I mean, excuse me, in the conference. Um, there was potential for the Dolphins to move up into the number one spot uh, and, you know, jump over the Kansas City Chiefs for the number one seed. Uh, but the Chiefs were able to manufacture that, you know, Mahomes, Mahomes was Mahomes. That's all I can say. Uh, <laughs> he, he did what he does and uh, he, they came away with a big win uh, in Inglewood against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. So for now that keeps the Dolphins as number two seed, but not a bad spot to be uh, at at all with eight weeks left. It's kind of interesting week uh, weekend for the NFL slate. I, I I left myself kind of looking at the division first and saying um, the Jets and Patriots just didn't really move me at all. I mean the, the defenses, yeah, they yeah, didn't move anything at all. Oh well, yeah, they didn't move anything. <laughs> <laughs> they moved you. Yeah. They didn't move the ball. They move. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was rough. It was rough. I mean, obviously those are two really really solid defenses very good defenses um and now and the dolphins have to you know have rematches with those teams as well so that's something to watch out for but on offense i mean you you talk about eyesores and just kind of limited quarterbacks right now i mean that's what both of them have and i know that the record suggests that hey they're 
I mean, every team in the uh, AFC East is above 500, but I still think that there's definitely, um, you know, a clear distance between the Jet, uh, excuse me, the Dolphins and the Bills, or the Bills and the Dolphins, however you, however you want to put it, and then the Patriots and the Jets. And I think that as the, you know, the, the weeks go by and as we kind of go into this stretch run, you'll start to see that. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to separate themselves, you know, three, four games, but um, when we see some of those those rematches, especially with the team like the Patriots, where they just don't really, and even even the the Jets with Zach Wilson and everything that they've got going on over there, and just him not even being able to complete passes to his guys, and just the you know not taking accountability and everything that's going on with there. I mean, I, I think you're definitely going to see um, you know an improved version of the Dolphins that really shows. I mean, they they beat the Patriots twenty to seven. In week one, and obviously the New England Patriots defense has been a lot better since then. Um, but you know, we've seen this this Dolphins offense take it to another level. Um, so I mean, I think that you know, all three of those rematches are gonna be very, very important. I mean, that's probably gonna decide whether the Dolphins uh win the division and you know whether they can potentially buy for that number one seed. Um, but there's definitely levels to it. I mean, it's 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 the Bills and the Dolphins or the Dolphins and the Bills, however you want to stack them right now. Um, and really outside of the Bills, I mean, the only other AFC team that, you know, if I'm a Dolphins fan that I like and really worried about is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, just because, I mean, and it's really just because of my home. Just, I mean, you know, all the questions about Tyree Kill being gone. He had, you know, a couple guys out of the lineup in terms of his pass catchers. I mean, he he didn't skip a beat. I mean, he he was just doing what he does. And uh, as well as Tua's been playing, I mean, Mahomes, Mahomes is the MVP right now. Um, so again, I mean, it's, it wasn't a week that really, really, you know, changed my viewpoint at all or much about the AFC landscape. Um, I, I think that there are three legitimate, like contending teams, uh, I, you know, as much as, you know, I put Baltimore as my Super Bowl winner before the season, um, the offense just isn't where it, the offense isn't going to take you very far. You know, if it's looking like the way it did, only putting 13 points up against the Panthers. Um, right now, I think there's three, like, clear contenders in the AFC, um, and that's the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, now, are the Dolphins really ready for – are they ready to be contenders? I think that, again, we'll we'll find that out for real when they have that rematch in, in Orchard Park. Um, but, I mean, I, I think the Dolphins match up well with – just about any team in the AFC right now. Yeah, that it it certainly looks like, and we've, we've, as we've said before, this is not a overall in the NFL, not a great, you know, not a great NFL league right now. Um, not or not a season of great, great teams. Um, and and the AFC in particular. I mean, I, I think it's Kansas City does what Kansas City does, and they, and they they've they're the they're right now the number one seed, and to me, they're the team that just kind of kept kind of felt this way the whole season. I mean, you could tell if you've been watching this podcast, they're a team that has that ability and knows they have the ability to do whatever it takes to win the game. And they never have, there's never the feeling that in the stadium, on either sideline. There was not, there was not a doubt they, are, they were going to win out. that game. Yeah, against yeah. the Chargers last night. Right. There was you no knew. doubt. Like you, you, you knew. knew. This, 
It's just a matter of when Mahomes got the ball, how much time he had left. And you, you do. I mean, what was it? A homeboy, my man threw the threw the remote at his TV set, and I'm like, you must be new here. <laughs> when the Chargers scored like a minute left, he threw the remote at his TV set, broke his TV. Did we win? I'm like, oh, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Watching the game win. Oh no, they done they done messed up. They left way too much time. You know, you you might as well be on the sidelines figuring out what you're going to do after Mahomes after that Mahomes drives into a touchdown. Um, but there's always that sense that even against the Titans, they didn't have much going on offensively. But they okay, okay you're not getting the stuff downfield. They're taking Kelsey away. Oh, okay, so Mahomes, they, you're not running the ball. Well, Mahomes scrambles like has three big chunk scrambles and then puts you in a position and and you know, they score. And they've done this now for a few years. So, you know, this is kind of year, what, 18, 19, 20, 22, year five of this. Um, and so, that, yeah, they're – I always feel like they're the defend. I really feel like they're the kind of defending champs. The, the, they're the ones you got to knock off. Yeah. Some, somebody uh, called they, it – somebody called the AFC uh, AFC conference game, the championship, the, the Kansas City Chiefs Invitational. It's like, who's just going to – who's going to be there to, to play the Chiefs right, and potentially right. knock them off? And that's the, that's, that's the feeling you get watching them that they're going to do – they're off, especially offensively, they're going to do what they need to do to win. Um Buffalo, they just—they're they, very. I mean, they seem like they're, they're, kind they're of erratic. Yeah, and they seem like they're kind of in a lull too. Because again, I said it before the season. I thought they're a little bit overrated relative to like the rest of the AFC teams. And obviously, Josh Allen has the elbow issue. I don't know how serious that is, but he's still playing. But it does seem like they've kind of hit a lull, and he and he's like being asked to do so much that's starting to backfire that, on that team. And that, we even saw it. We even saw it in the, in the Dolphins game in Week Three, right. where he literally had to do everything in terms of scrambling, throwing the ball, and then you know when you ask so much in one player, I mean you're prone to make mistakes, and you know that kinda, physically, kinda and mentally wears you down. Yeah, you have to do that week after week after week, and they're, you know. They were having ease. Also, they were having some easier games early in the season. Uh, you know, the Browns game probably should have been a cakewalk. You you, you think? Yeah, I mean, it, they, they they got some and, distance and, in the second half, but it was it was fairly it was, close. Yeah, and so they're having to work a little harder than maybe they they should want to. And it, again, if you're Josh Allen, you know, and every, it's all on you. And there's just, it, you know, he's, it's similar to Kansas City with Mahomes, but some Mahomes just handles Mahomes can it handle, he, he can. He just handles it better. And, and I mean, and, and I mean, to that point, there were times last season, even when they had Tyree Kill, where defenses were playing them a little bit different. And Mahomes was a little bit of rack. I mean, he was making some mistakes and he wasn't his normal self. Um, but you do have to take the pressure off. I mean, you can't ask. Your quarterback, your quarterback has to, he does sometimes have to be Superman, but he can't be Superman like 95% of the time. He can't, right. like, you, you want him to do that in the last two minutes of the game, but not the entire, you know. Yeah. So, so he's, he needs some Clark Kent time. He needs some Fortress of Solitude time. He needs some, you know, handoff, let, you know, let the rest of the Justice League handle this, you know. Um, and so I don't, I don't see that happening in Buffalo. That's so they're kind of on, 
shaky ground now. I don't know. And they might, you know, this this all might blow over. But Thursday's going to be interesting. Thursday's going to be interesting. Uh, the Lions are playing pretty well. Yeah. And uh, I thought they found that kind of funny that they had to move a game from Ralph Wilson Stadium. Well, Ralph Wilson's a Detroit guy. Was yeah. a Detroit guy. And he used to fly into Buffalo for the games um, from the time they started in the AFL. Um and so now here they were having to relocate this Buffalo game to Detroit because they had snow, a Josh Allen high, you know. Um, but uh, and then obviously the Jets and the Patriots just. Um, aside, no, no, I mean, that was that was too bad. Right. Those are two. Those are two good defenses and two bad offenses yeah. and two overmatched offenses. Um, and. While there is a lot being made of the Zach Wilson press conference, you know, there's a possibility that maybe too much is being made of that. Boy, that's really easy. It's I think I agree with Ryan Clark when he said on ESPN, that's a layup for you yeah. in a post-game press conference. And easy, yeah, you know, we did let the defense down. We scored three points. You know, they they allowed three points. We we should have scored more than three. Yeah, okay. Special teams gave up a punt return touchdown. Big deal. We should score. We should be able to score more than ten points in a game. And you know, he's sitting there overthrowing guys on checkdowns, and you know they're putting the they're literally putting the ball in his hands. Uh, they, they that right before the punt, it was a third and one, and I, I third and one passes drive me crazy anyway. Uh, I know I'm I don't. You know, as if you got a timeout left, just run the ball at the first down. You know, it, it just drives me. Those things drive me crazy anyway because it's way too much can go wrong. Um, but he, the way he handled that, says, and the coach's public statement that yeah, he says exactly. He's been lukewarm on backing. He was strong on backing him after the game, but then, like two days later, he's like, eh, "Well, we got to think about things." Yeah, um, says there's turmoil there. There's jet jet level turmoil there that usually accompanies with the record reversed, right? Okay, <laughs> you know, and they're what are they now? They're seven and three, three, four so and six, six, six and four, yeah, six and four, yeah. Usually, usually accompanies the Jets at like four and six, if that, more like three and seven, two and eight. Um, so right now in the AFC, I think you, I I think the standings, uh, the overall standings are pretty accurate. I think, uh, you get the chiefs number one and here's the dolphins. They're the number two seed. They, They look the second best team out there. Um, and, uh, let's, so. Let's see how this plays out. The Dolphins should, uh, again, should have, to use a word from our from uh, our ancestors' past uh, that has roots in our ancestors' past. They should have a cakewalk uh, <laughs> against Houston, and um, you know, uh, let's see. And and that's one of the things you should be you should do if you are a good team. Uh, one thing good teams do, and people downplay they oh you're beating up on bad teams well yeah that's what good teams do and good good teams do that with regularity you know you you beat you beat lousy teams 
and you have a you don't let lousy teams surprise you or uh you know mess with your mess with your mojo so yeah that's that's the way it looks to me and uh if you're a contender in the AFC then you're a contender in the AF in the NFL because I think we've seen over the last couple of weeks there's not there's no great teams in this in this league I mean look at the Eagles look at the last two weeks of Eagles games yeah, even shaky really um you know and um you know the Giants just got dogged by the Lions they they had the great record and then the Vikings just got uh, yeah, that was that was that was so bad. You you know what's bad when, when CBS or the the network has to switch games like like you, you know when they switch away from like, Dallas, they never <laughs> switch away from Dallas. <laughs> they never switch away from Dallas. You know, when in doubt, give them Dallas. That's the, that's been the network's philosophy for literally for 40, 50, almost fifty years. Yeah, um, and they they were like, no, nah, we can't, we can't be, keep fussing voicing this on people that's whatever else is in the afternoon let's show them that um so in dallas themselves they look really good but they they're pretty erratic um so actually the best team are over there on the other side of the nfl might um, be the 49ers san francisco yep that's got that's, that's gonna be an interesting game in a couple weeks as well yeah that's so, a, they got they got a defense they can they, run the ball. Uh, they got an offense. They got they got defense. They got an offense. They got and they got a reliable defense. Um, and well, it was reliable until you know, except for that week where you know Kansas City carved them up like a turkey and served them up with stuffing. But um, which goes to my point about Kansas City, they're they're generally going to do whatever they need to do, and um, so. Yeah, that that's going to be an interesting game also to see where the Dolphins are, and I think that game and the Chargers game are going to. I think they're going to, it's going to say like depending on who's back for the Chargers because the the Chargers they they always seem to be they always figure out a way to be less than they should be. It seems like. Yeah, yeah, they I know they they got two of their receivers back, and then Mike Williams. Uh, you know, after a couple of plays, he was you know right. kind of aggravated that ankle injury. So yeah, I mean, with, with the Chargers, kind of always it's always you know how how healthy are they? Um, but yeah, I mean the the general point, you know, leaving the bye week for the Dolphins is definitely they're in a good spot. You know, they've, yeah. they've got some things to improve on. Um, but they're definitely in a good spot. Um, and we'll see. You know, we're we're, we're a week away. You know, we're, we're you know we'll talk about the, this Texans game soon. Um, but you know they're a week away from you know this uh, December slate really really. <laughs> picking up and getting a sense for how good this team is um so it's, it's gonna be a fun uh stretch run all right we're gonna take a short break but when we come back on the side things we are going to, to talk about the dolphins don't have a buy just the dolphins don't have a buy they don't have another buy it's as close as you can get though we're gonna discuss this game coming up with the texans so stay locked with us What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins in that podcast with David Neal talking all things Dolphins. All right. So the Dolphins are back from their bye week and they're going to kick off really the second, I guess, the second half of their schedule, uh, the stretch run with the home game against the lowly Houston Texans. Uh, Houston won eight and one. Um, not much more to be said other than. 
besides <laughs> that, they're just you know, just looking at the stats, just the, there isn't much that Houston does well. And I feel like they're kind of reaching the the breaking point if they have already. I mean, I don't know if you if you saw, but there's some clips after uh, Houston's loss to the Commanders where they were, you know, Lovey Smith, the head coach, was getting pressed. Like, why? Like, why is the team not good? Why? Are, why haven't you made any uh, adjustments? Any changes? And uh, the post game press conference was kind of testy. So uh, it's it's been a rough go for for Houston. I think that we all knew that they were going to be bad, but maybe not this bad. Um, Really, the way I see this game is kind of the way you you said earlier. Um, if you're a good team, if you are a very good team, if you are potentially a great team, this is one of those games where you you put your foot on the neck of the team and and you you know don't let up and you get out of here, uh, you know, real real unscathed and, and pretty easily. Um, I think this is another game where so I I mean I didn't expect the the Browns game to develop the way it did. Um, but I did think it was a matchup that favored the Dolphins very well. I think this is another matchup that favors the Dolphins really well. Um, Houston has the worst rush defense in the NFL. They're allowing, let me make sure I get this right, 178.9 rushing yards per game and 5.1 yards per attempt, which ranks fourth worst. Who are they they played? Have they played the 72 Dolphins? <laughs> I don't know, but they might make they might make the Lamar Jackson. What, what, what is this? Yeah, I don't know. It's bad. They, they aren't good at much. They don't. Well, I'll say they run the ball fairly well. They got a nice rookie there, Damian Pierce. Yeah. Um, who, he who runs, runs hard. Who runs hard? But again, I mean, this Dolphins defense, as we said last week or the week prior to that, um, this is a Dolphins defense that they haven't been great. But one thing that they've been good at is um stopping the run and stopping running back specifically i mean they they held uh cream hunt um and nick chubb to i believe 72 yards um outside of that 33 yard or 30 yard touchdown run by cream uh by nick chubb um they didn't really get a lot of traction there and that was that was the game where they were able to jump on them you know kind of get in the third quarter get up a couple scores the pass rush started to kind of you know come alive because you, you get into obvious passing situations um and i think it's gonna be more of that i mean i i mean i'm not gonna say 39 to 17 or whatever it was but i, I think that you know i mean the spread is 13 at this point i mean it's 13 for a reason i think that speaks to as much uh, of how bad the texans are as it speaks to as uh, how good the dolphins are um i don't know if i, I don't know if i'm gonna go that far and say that they win by like two so i mean they very well could they very well could, um, but it's hard to blow teams out. I mean, it is, um, but you know, it's Thanksgiving too. You never know. Maybe by week, maybe they come out a little, a little, a little rusty, um, but no, nah, I think this is a game where the Dolphins have their way. The Dolphins defense has its way. Um, I, I think that they probably win by, you know, 10, 12 points, maybe like a 27, 14 type game. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, this is the type of game where you just gotta you gotta take care of business and then uh, on to the next one. I mean, um, if you're if you're the Dolphins, best case scenario is like you come out of this game, like yeah, yeah, you give them a knockout punch by halftime. You can get some of your guys out, make sure you get out healthy, and then you start looking on to the to the next. You don't want to look ahead, but you start to prepare mentally for uh that December slate which we said you know begins with you know three straight road games 49ers Chargers Bills and then uh Christmas Day hosting the Packers um but again this is a game where I expect and I think the Dolphins will have their way early and often and you know kind of 
move on to, to the more important games. This I don't see this matchup at there's there's no reason to not to not, to not predict a blowout. I mean that when when you see that kind of spread. We picked some plays. blowouts. Hold on, we picked some blowouts earlier in the season, and then they came back and, and it, it was a lot closer than we thought. So I'm just, yeah, I, I, I know, too, I know. I'm you, to be too you, you, have, you have fear, but I'm not trying to be I mean, arrogant. <laughs> but the people who make their living, you know, who are putting their money where their mouth is, or or you know, kind of guiding everybody else to put their money where their mouth is are saying dolphins by 13 and they want money on both sides. So you know what they're really thinking is dolphins by like 18 or 20. And uh, there's, you know, yeah, they've got, you know, they've got, uh, I think they got one good wide receiver, Brandon cooks. They've got, they've got a, uh, They've got they've got Laramie Tunsil. They've got they've got an old friend Laramie I, I like Tunsil. I, I like the I like the running back. I do like the young running back. But then again, like you said, the, the Dolphins sat on uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem, and they they there was basically one run out of that. You know, they ran for seventy two yards, and thirty three of them came on one run. You know, um, so it doesn't say that I don't think they're going to Houston's going to be able to get much going in the running game to take some heat off of Davis Mills, who, I don't know, uh, I don't see my, I, you know, I have not been impressed with him at all as a quarterback from what, the times I've seen him this season. Uh, not that I've seen a whole heck of a lot of Houston Texans football this season, other than the high, highlights. I, you know, I have watched, you know, entire the entire games when they were on Thursday night or, you know, on one of some of those, some of those other games where they were basically the opponent, um, and you know, bless Lovey Smith's heart for uh, you know getting another job in the NFL, but uh, it's not looking good. Not I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I, I was kind of like, why aren't we? You know, we talk about. It's great that they're like now recycling. You know black coaches now like they recycle some white coaches who you know were clearly kind of through the through the cycle but definitely i mean i was in the midst of a lot of the the brian floors lawsuit and i think that that was kind of a i mean there were there were some there were some reports that they were going to hire josh mccown and i think that the brian floors lawsuit they were kind of like i'm sure they got a phone call too hey you know why don't you help us out here why don't you help us out here? Because we we're not looking good. We're not looking good on this. So you know, let's you know hire Uncle Lovey, who, um, who I think had you know he'd run his course in Chicago. He'd run his course very quickly in Tampa. Ran his course quickly at the University of Illinois. So you know, uh, I just I'm kind of like, why? Um, there's nothing. So you know, aside from the coaching. You know, on the field, there is nothing this team should be bringing that the Dolphins should not quickly slap down and, you know, take care of business with. You are at home. Um, you know, you've, yeah, it's going to be post by week. So you post Thanksgiving, but, you know, 
you know, I like you know what you think Houston wants to be here. You know they're a one eight one. They they're one eight one after Thanksgiving. They got the Cowboys chips already booked, bro. Oh, the the U hauls are rented. They're already talking about the off season, and you know this is a time to go in, take care of business. And yeah, you're you're right. They this might be a slow start, but this should be a slow start to a. It might be a slow first quarter, but it should be a very fluid second and third quarter and frankly if you're playing too far into the fourth quarter you have not done your job yeah and so i know it's the nfl and everything and you know yeah things can happen but no i'm 38 14 you gotta put you up you know and i'm thinking there's a defensive touchdown in there too um, Oof, you're calling the shot you're calling because I, I i yeah i i I just don't think there's anything they do well, and there's nothing they do that should bother the Dolphins. And um, so, yeah, you know, you take care of business like a good team should, and uh, move on. And we'll, and you know, we'll see. You know, through the Dolphins, we'll see. You know, then we're going to see how good you are when you go to San Francisco. Yeah, not for sure. So we're both both rolling with the Dolphins this weekend. You a little more. Uh... A little more bullish on a blowout <laughs> going there. But I do think we, we both think that they're going to have their way uh, against the Texans. One last thing before we get out of here. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. Zach Thomas, Dolphins great for 12 years uh, down in Miami. He was named uh, a semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023. Um, the fifth consecutive year he has uh, been named a semifinalist. He's one of, uh, I guess, I believe 15 uh, modern era finalists. Uh, excuse me. Um, he had, Last year, he advanced to the 15-person uh, modern era final ballot um, before falling short. He's been on the uh, ballot for a decade now. I know this has been um, a hot-button topic in South Florida. A lot of people saying, get Zach to the hall. A lot of, kind of grassroots campaigns to bring light to his career and kind of explain why he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, so again, uh, he's one of 28 semifinalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023. This was uh, came out Tuesday. Tuesday, um, It's the fifth consecutive year he's been named a, fi- a semifinalist. And again, he was named to the 15-person modern list last year, um, which is then whittled down to 10, 5, and then from there, uh, the committee votes. And you have to get 80% of the vote um, to be you know, enshrined. Um, Zach did not uh, make it from the 15 person finalist list to, um, you know, the list that was voted in the names that were voted in, um, David is someone who I believe covered Zach Thomas, who's watched him, watched him, watched him in his prime. Um, I want to kind of give you the floor to explain, um, you know, Zach's career, um, why maybe he hasn't gotten, um, that, that top honor recognition, um, and just kind of, you know, and compare it to some of his other contemporaries, because um, numbers-wise, I mean, he, he's right up there. I mean, I can I can rattle off right now. I mean, 1,700 total tackles, 20.5, 20 and a half sacks, 17 interceptions, um, a member of the NFL's all-decade team for the 2000s, um, seven-time first-team or second-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowl. The numbers are there, especially when you compare it to some of, uh, you know, his contemporaries, at the linebacker position, the inside linebacker position in the 2000s. Um, but obviously, he has not gotten that same recognition in terms of the Hall of Fame. So the floor is yours to kind of um, give your thoughts on that. 
Well, I think we one of the things that works against Zach, um, and Jason Taylor had to overcome this too, I think, is that there seems to be more of a prejudice these days for players, you know, against players from teams that, you know, maybe underachieve or didn't achieve at a very, very, at a championship level. Um, well, one time we used to, we understood that a player could be even the best in the league at his position. And, you know, the team might not be very good. <laughs> um, because football is, it, it just, it drives me crazy how we, you know, people love to talk about how, you know, what a team game football is. And it is, it's an incredible team game. Everybody's got to do their job. But then when we start breaking things down individually, you hear people go, well, how many playoff games did he win? How many championships did he win? Wait a minute. Hold hold on. That's, that's a team accomplishment. If you, if you, you know, if you listen to the players who played against him, mm-hmm. especially two very, the, the top yep. two quarterbacks of the day, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning yeah. Last year on the, the Manning cast. I mean, right, right. Like, the, those Dolphins teams. With, oh, the, of the, the 2000s. And, 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 and they gave me fits. They, 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 they did. They gave Brady all kinds of fits. Even the games they, the Patriots won. You know, they were didn't look didn't look good. It was always the the offense that let down the you know the Dolphins defense, and people would say later, oh Brady did what he could to you know just just do what he needed to do to win the game. And Brady later admitting, no, I'm not having a good game. These guys are stopping me. Manning used to have these great battles with Zach because they were both these encyclopedic uh, you know. Minds and you know coordinators on the field, and he had some tough games against the Dolphins, and Zach. Uh, those two guys, I asked those two guys. I'm quite sure they would vote him into. The, they would say he is he was if not he was one of the three or four to two maybe two or three best inside linebackers of his era. Yeah, I mean, and Ray Lewis, if, Brian Erlacher, and, then and right, and I, you know, and so, and I were uh, the guy I grew up reading uh, for the guy who was my role model when I was very young, uh, Paul Zimmerman, a Sports Illustrated, who covered the NFL and the AFL way back when, and then the NFL for the New York Post, then for Sports Illustrated. I've always, when I was a kid, I read him. I always loved, okay, I want to write about sports as knowledgeably as he writes about the NFL. Um, yeah, there was always, even as a kid, you could tell there was a there was a depth of to his, the way he wrote and to his knowledge of the game. And that was missing from a lot of other writers that probably would be standard today, but it was missing from a lot of other writers back then. And then... Um, I, you know, he wrote, you know, lengthy strategic books on, you know, pro football, thinking man's guide to pro football, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he and I talked a lot in the last um, few years before he suffered a stroke um, and uh, which, which ended his career. But he, I remember he was a huge Zach Thomas fan. And he said this, he thought he was like one of the finest run defenders 
as a linebacker that, you know, and he said he reminded him of Joe Schmidt, who was a great, you know, we're going way back to when the Detroit Lions were actually good. And the Detroit Lions actually usually had the best defense in the league. And Joe Schmidt was the was the middle linebacker in that defense. He said he's like, he reminds me of Schmidt as a great run defender. Uh, big Zach Thomas fan. Uh, I, I just, I think he deserves, I think he deserves it. He's, I just think he deserves it on if you watched the NFL week in, week out during that era. And if you talk to people who played week in, week out and had to deal with them a couple times a year um, during that era, I think they're, I think, you know, I think their endorsement uh, kind of went, should should say, hey, you know, get this guy his due. Because um, the Dolphins had, the Dolphins did have, there were years they had really, really, really good defense. And it was just, it was one of those deals where the defense could never quite make up for the offense. And, and when things got a little more serious. And I think also hurting Zach was, you know, he was on those Dolphins teams. And Jason Taylor too, and Jason Taylor's in the hall. So I, it's not completely this. But it sure as heck doesn't help that you're on the other of being on the other end of some real, real bad playoff losses. Um 38-3, nothing, you know, 20 to 3. And that was when they got to the playoffs, you know. And then they had the years where in the last few years of his career where they weren't making the playoffs. And they were usually out of it pretty early. Um, I think, you know, I think that hurt, uh, having, you know, when you're kind of attached to that, but again, we used to understand you can have a great player at a great position, but if, you know, if everything around you is crumbling, um, you know, uh, and everything around you is just, you know, um, you're going to be the you're going to be the diamond you know the diamond in the toilet and um and i can think everybody would who dealt with him like i said on a week-to-week basis or a few times a year where i had to watch film and saw him on film every week from for for your film study because you're looking even if you're looking at the other team would say that you know that guy's one of the you know he is one of the best, one of the two or three best inside linebackers in the league right now for an extended period of time. And uh, I think he should get his due. He deserves to be in the hall. And, um, yeah, that's, that's just it. And it's not, you know, that, uh, that's just... I, it's, you know, I don't, I just, I, it's, it's one of those that kind of confounds me in a way. I'm just like, you know, everybody knew at the time too, people, I mean, and so I think in, I think the way the Hall of Fame, I think the Hall of Fame selectors, you know, I, 
don't want to disparage them. I think they work hard and do their job, but they also have a tough job of, you know, the limit on the number of players per year. Yeah. You've got um you've got a lot of different you've got all these different positions coming in and a lot of different guys coming in is you know and then it's it's really hard to say okay is this linebacker more, more worthy, worthy than, than this that wide off, receiver yeah this offensive this, line, this tackle guard, like right worthy really than this nose to, you know and you're just like and and then you and and then of course you're when you're you've got the automatics coming in you know, yeah, that so even even, yeah, even if they're a first time first first time on the ballot, I mean if they're if their resume says yeah they're their first ballot, then you, right, you gotta right, put them right, in. You, you, they're, right. They're the guys who that Edwin Pope used to say all you have to do is literally go in the meeting, just say their name. Say their name and sit down. You know, he likes he didn't have to do much for presentation. Dan Marino. There we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, next, next, right. Um you you got those guys coming in and that you know, it's like one less spot for the guys who you have to make a case for, or you have to remind people that maybe didn't see him as as much. You know, if you if you covered an NFC team, you didn't get to see him. Yeah, yeah. You um, you saw him once every few years, maybe. You you know, depending on how much football you watched outside of the team you were covering. Um, you know, it's you know he maybe didn't see him a lot, and maybe you do need to have you know kind of is he really that you heard the name a lot, and but so I don't know if that if how much that comes into play, um because yeah they were they were I mean they last made the playoffs while he was playing in two thousand one, yeah. And so from 2002 to 2007, that's like a good half, good half of his his career, right? They weren't in the playoffs by the end. They weren't, they weren't being on, they weren't in the, you know, they weren't getting on Monday night football. They weren't getting on Sunday night football. They were playing at one o'clock, you know, they were, you know, and when they were, you know, putting those primetime games, a lot of times that just didn't go well. Um, And that, you know, sometimes they just got flat embarrassed. And so that might, you know, that can be, if you don't see a guy that often, that can sometimes be your lasting image of him. Um, Thinking of a 2004 (laughs) Monday night game, they played the Jets. The Jets had 200-yard rushers in the game. (laughs) And they, you know, beat the Dolphins by almost 30. Well, if you don't see Zach Thomas every week, that doesn't leave a real good impression of him. Um, So... Um, that, that, you know, that's just kind of how I feel about it, how I see it. Uh, like I said, I, I defer to people who, um, I think know more about the game than I, a lot more about the game than I do. And, uh, I think when the two best quarterbacks of the era speak so highly of him and, you know, two best quarterbacks, you know, of this era and among the, you know, one, you know, maybe the best ever. Speaks so highly of them. I think you got got to take that into account. So, hope he gets in. Hope he gets in. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the numbers speak for themselves. But like you said, when you have your contemporaries and some of, you know, future Hall of Famers, you know, when you when you have your, your contemporaries speaking so highly of you as well, um, I feel like that definitely should hold a lot of weight. So um, we'll see. I mean, it's it's been it's been a long wait. You know, I, I know, um, you know, earlier this year when he didn't make the class of 2022, uh, he spoke to, uh, you know, uh, our own Greg Cody and um, he said, you know, don't feel bad for me. The game was great to me and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for it, um, but it would be great for him to get that honor. So yeah. um, we'll, we'll, we'll see um, how that shakes out, um, you know, in the in the coming weeks and months. Well, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphin and Depth Podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Reminder again to subscribe to Miami Herald YouTube page, like, share, comment. Subscribe to the Miami Herald. Uh, we'll be back next week to recap another weekend of Dolphins football as they take on the Houston Texans. But until then, you guys take care. See you. And happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Eat well. Mm-hmm.